Lord. Today, we're here to celebrate your wonder and your awesomeness. And to declare in this place, God, that you are loving and you care about us, God. You love us unconditionally, more than we deserve. Fill this place today, Lord, with your glory. bigger than the air I breathe, the world we leave, and God, you save the day.
at your dress. You look handsome in your new outfit. How long do I have to wear this? As much as I paid for it about the next ten years. In your case, just this once. Do we have to go to the Christmas Eve service? Well, I'd like to if you feel up to it. Are you too tired? No. It's just boring. They tell the same story every year. Yeah, they do. But think of it as being a birthday party for Jesus. And you love birthday parties. Why don't they ever have cake and ice cream? That's a good question. Maybe you should bring it up with the pastor next year. Next year? I'll tell you what. Why don't we stop at the store on the way and we'll pick up some chocolate ice cream. That sounds good. Time to go already? Just about. But where's Dad? He said he was coming. Said he would try. Here, you know what? Will you take that upstairs? Your way? Never mind. I'll get it for you. Mom, I can do it. Really? Will you please call Dad and see if he's coming? Yes, I will. Collins, I can't believe you're still here. Uh, I just lost track of time. Just trying to get a few things put in order. Jeff, it's Christmas Eve. Go home. I just want to finish up the Carson account. Then I'll, then I'll get out of here. You know, for the record, I told you to leave hours ago. The last thing I need this time of year is Nicole ticked off at me. No worries, sir. It won't be you that she's upset with. Just the same. Get this wrapped up. Get yourself home. You know, you're making me look bad here. I'll be minutes behind you. All right. Tell Nicole and Garrett Merry Christmas. Will do. And same to you, sir. This is Jeff. Jeff, why are you still at the office? You're supposed to be home by now. Yeah, I know. Uh, look, honey, we were three guys short this week because of Christmas vacations. i got to get this stuff out. Your son is wondering where you are and if we have to go to church without you again. Yeah, um, I, I, I just can't make it. You can't or won't. least you could do is be honest. What do you want me to say? Are you coming? I told you I can't. What am I supposed to tell Garrett? Honey, he's old enough to know that his dad's got to work. Look, I'll be home by the time you guys get back. That's convenient. Well, knock it off, Nicole. Look, you haven't set foot in church in two years. Don't you think it's hard enough for us to go every Sunday without you? And now Christmas Eve? You can punish God, but don't punish your son. I said I'd be home when you guys get home. That's all I can do. Okay. But I don't mind telling you to become selfish. I'll see you when you get home. Nicole, wait. I... Hello. Here to empty the trash, sir. You scared me. I'm sorry. I thought I was the only one left in this building. Nope, nope. But you will be. I'm on my last one. Then I'm on my way to the Christmas Eve service at my church. I play one of the angels in the play. <laughs> Guess you can say it's kind of my uh, signature role. Well, don't let me keep you. You know, bummer to be on your own at Christmas. Maybe you should come too. I can't. And I'm really not on my own. I just need to finish some work. Well, tell you what. Change your mind. Here's the address. Seriously, I'm not interested. Hey, East Point, that's my wife's church. Oh, unbelievable. Right. Nicole put you up to this, didn't she? Nicole? I don't yeah. know any Nicole. Look, I don't know what she paid you to come to this office building, but I'll double it if you leave right now. Oh, no, you don't get it. Well, you are a stubborn little devil, aren't you? Well, angel, actually. All right, look. I'll tell Cole, Nicole that you did everything you could to convince me to leave, all right? I'll tell you what, it's not going to happen. You are the stubborn one, aren't you? You know, if I stepped into that church, I'd be the biggest hypocrite on this side of the planet. Wow. You hate God that much. Don't you need to uh, go to your play thing? You wouldn't want to be missing the angel. Nah, nah, there's plenty of others that could take my spot. Plus, this is much more interesting. This is none of your business. I can take it, you know. 
What's that? Your anger. God can take it. What could you possibly know about my anger? I know that God is number one on your hit list. And that you are angry beyond beyond anything you could understand. Look, it's your business if you want to pretend that there's some God who's always with us and who's trying to save the world. But don't impose your lies on me, okay? He never left you. All right, that's it. I'm done being polite. I think it's time for you to... I can tell you that God has never left you. But I can tell you exactly where you left him. What's this? The place where you last felt God in your life. No. No, not there. He, He was nowhere near that hospital room. I remember every painful detail. And your God was not even close to being with us that day. We tried to spruce up the room because we were stuck here over Christmas. And sick or not, my son deserved a Christmas. I was just reading for my benefit. Passes the time quicker. Has the doctor been in yet? No, but he should be any time, though. Brought the last gift from home. It's not the ideal place to spend Christmas, is it? What's that? Pastor John stopped by. Bought it for Garrett. It's going to pray for him. A lot of good that's done. Will you let me finish? He'd inscribed it with the word hope. He had this card with it. His hope isn't found in what happens. It's found in who you're with when it happens. Well, if that's God he's talking about, I think we're on our own. Just don't. Not now. There's nothing wrong with praying and encouraging him. Yes, there is, Nicole. Do you know that every time we pray, Garrett thinks that God's just going to heal him? I don't want my son to live in denial. He's sick. Dr. Park. No, here's good. So, exactly where did you see God in that? You know, Nicole was convinced that God would just take care of everything. People were praying that my son would be healed. Do you know God left us in that room that day? God left my son in that room. No, Jeff. Jeff, that is where you pulled out, not God. You stopped looking for God. But he was still there. What are you talking about? handsome. How are you feeling? Weird. You're sad. He's talking with the doctor right now about um, some treatments that they're going to have to start for you soon. Mom? Is it bad? No, we don't have to go into that right now. Mom? Not exactly what we prayed for. Uh, are you scared now? No. Um, when are you scared? Is it you? You just keep praying. so brave. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Where do you think he got that courage from? You know, God went with all of you to the hospital room that day. All of you. But he only came out with your wife and son. You closed him off. You took control of your own heart. Great. So all of this is just a punishment. No. No. It's to free you. 
You're a prisoner to your own anger. I have every right to be angry. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But you can't carry that anger forever. Can't you see? It's just hurting you. has work to do. No, Mom. I mean the real reason why. Your dad is angry. At me? Kids, no. Just angry because I can't feel you. Yeah, so? I get mad too, but it doesn't help me. It just makes me more tired. I wish your dad could look at it the way you do. isn't found in what happens. It's found in who you're with when it happens. I thought we could let things get to the next moment. It's a great idea.
great and often missed realities of the Christmas story is that it's a story of struggle. You think about this story, Luke chapter 1, you see Mary struggling to understand how she could be the mother of the Messiah. She asked the angel Gabriel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Matthew 1, Joseph struggles to accept that Mary is pregnant, knowing that he didn't have anything to do with it. And he struggled to understand. In fact, it says he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Trust me, Joseph had a struggle. He had an issue with what was going on. In Luke chapter 2, Mary and Joseph struggled to find a place in Bethlehem to stay. She's nine months pregnant, about to give birth. They're on their way to Bethlehem. They show up, and the only place they can find to stay is a manger. And the only place for the baby is an animal trough. This would be a struggle for any parent. Matthew chapter 2, the Magi end up in Jerusalem at first, not Bethlehem. And if you remember the story, they go there looking for the Messiah, and they, they inquire, where is he? The one that's been born, the King of the Jews, and they're struggling to find him. The story of Christmas involves great struggle. And the truth is, throughout the Bible, we're confronted with one struggle after another. From Adam to Moses in the Old Testament, from Peter to Paul in the New. In many ways, the Scriptures are a record of man's struggle with man. And man's struggle with God. And here's another reality, a very personal one for each of us. We all know about struggle. We all do. Every one of us. From the moment we leave our mother's womb, we struggle into life. And then for decades, we struggle to survive it. And then at the end, we struggle to avoid it, to avoid the inevitable, to avoid death. We all know about struggle. It is a reality that we cannot hide from, no matter how hard we try. And this reality, this struggle, can rob us of our hope. But I want to suggest to you today that true hope, true and lasting hope, isn't found in what happens, whether good or bad, hard or easy. True hope is found in who you're with when it happens. Hope isn't found in what happens. It's found in who we're with when it happens. 
You see, God never promised us a struggle-free life. And if you've never heard that before, then let me be the first to break that news to you. God never promised you or I a struggle-free life. But he did promise. And this is the part we've got to get a hold of. He did promise to be with us. He promised to be with us no matter what. In fact, in the Bible, one of the names for Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let me read you from Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. There's that struggle that Joseph had. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what she is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel is his name, God with you. God with you in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of what you don't understand, and even in the midst of your faithlessness. He's there, and he's with you. He never leaves you, he never forsakes you, and he never, ever lets you go. I know what I'm talking about because in my early 20s, I went through a very difficult time in my life, and I turned my back on God. Like Jeff, the dad in the drama, I was disappointed and angry. I'd watched my dad become a drug addict and an alcoholic. I watched my parents divorce, and I watched my own personal hopes and dreams. All the things that I thought I wanted, the things that I was pursuing, just get broken and shatter right before me. I believed that God had given up on me. And I don't know if you've ever been there. It's a cold, hard place to be. I just thought, hey, God has turned his back on me, so fine. I'm going to turn my back on him, and I walked away. And I became bitter and angry with him. And I let my struggles deceive me into thinking that God had left me. But nothing was further from the truth. He was there all that time, all the time, waiting patiently for me. C.S. Lewis, the author of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, from the Chronicles of Narnia, a great movie if you haven't seen it. But he's the author of that story. He once wrote this in another book called The Problem with Pain. And he said, struggle and pain removes the veil. It plants the flag of truth within the fortress of a rebel soul. He had great insight into struggle and pain and, and what it does for us. And let me read it to you again. He said, struggle and pain removes the veil. It plants the flag of truth within the fortress of a rebel soul. In other words, my struggles can they can bring me to understand a deeper reality and a greater truth. In fact, the very struggle and the pain that I let drive me away from God can, it can, if I let it, bring me to the truth, to the, to the truth of my desperate need for Him. You see, through the struggles of our lives, we can discover that God is faithful and near to us. And through the struggles that we go through, we can discover that even when we're faithless, God is faithful. That's how much He loves us. That's how much He loves you. Our part is to take that leap of faith, to press through the fog and the darkness, and to believe that God is good, that He is merciful, and that He is with us, and that He is for us. I don't know what you're facing right now, right here today. I don't know where you're at with God, whether you're near to Him, or far from Him. I don't know what you're struggling with or where your hopes and dreams have been shattered and broken. I don't know what anger or fear or question is keeping you back, is holding you back from relationship with God. And it's usually one of those three things, isn't it? Anger, something where we're disappointed and upset and bitter and angry at God or angry at life or maybe even angry at ourselves. Or fear, we fear what God is really like. We fear what He'll do to our lives. We fear what it will mean to follow Him, to, to really give ourselves to Him. Or just the question, is God really there? Does He really love me? Can He really forgive me? I don't know what fear or anger 
or what question is holding you back from God. But this much I know. I know this from personal experience, and I know it from God's Word. God is still near. He's still with you. And there's nothing He wants more than to have you know Him and to know His grace, His mercy, and His presence in your life. As we look forward to a new year, and we don't know what five minutes from now will happen, let alone five days or five months or what this next year will hold for us, I can pretty much guarantee that at some level, be it small or huge, there'll be some struggle. Have you had struggle this last year? At some level, there'll be something you'll face that'll be bigger than you, hard for you, and you won't understand. But I want you to leave this place today with this truth in your heart, in your life. God wants you to know and experience true hope. Hope. And true hope is found in Jesus, in relationship with Him. He wants you to understand that He is there. No matter what you face, no matter what you're facing now, He's there. Would you bow your heads and let me pray with you? Father, I pray right now that you would reveal yourself to each person in this room. That you would show each and every one of us right here, right now, that you are with us, that you are Emmanuel. And that no matter what we have faced this past year, what we're facing right now, or what we may face in the year to come, God, I pray that you would just reveal yourself to us in this moment as a God of hope and that you are the hope of the world and that you're the hope of our lives and that you're the one we can hang on to and that you're the one who's with us, that you're right there next to us, that you've never turned your back on us, you've never walked away from us, no matter what we've done, no matter how messed up we've made things. You have never turned your back on us. You're here. You're here, right here, right now, calling us to relationship with you, calling us to know you, calling us to trust you, and inviting us to hang on to the one, the one who is the hope of our lives. Reveal yourself to us right now in that way.
Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to press through the questions. To press through the struggle. And then to press through the anger. God is there. Hope isn't found in what happens. It's found in who you're with. When it happens. And I want to encourage you. Come to Jesus. Be with Him. Relationship with Jesus, the Son of God the greatest gift you can receive this Christmas. Right here, right now, in this moment, together. You can make a decision to receive the free gift of God's salvation. The free gift of His grace. Again, God hasn't promised you a struggle-free life, but He has promised you life, eternal life. It's there for the taking. In just a moment, we're going to stand together. We're going to sing Silent Night. and The ushers will come and we'll light our candles. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. And not to single anyone out or to make you feel focused on or embarrassed by any means. I want to do it in a way that allows you some personal time and an opportunity in your own heart to say yes to God. I want to encourage you as we take the candles and as we light them, and you hold this candle in your, in your hand today, that you would just in this moment, in this opportunity, in this day, in this Christmas Eve 2005, that at this time as you light that candle, that you just look at that flame. And that the cry of your heart would be, Oh God, today I ask you to come and forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come to my heart and my life. I ask you to come and give me your life. I ask you to come and be the hope, the light of my life. And as you hold that candle, just pray a simple prayer. A prayer that just says, God, I'm here for you. I'm here because I know you love me. And I, I'm coming home. I'm here. I want you in my life. I choose to become a Christ follower. And as you hold that candle, you can pray that prayer and begin your life to follow with Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me if you would. Have the ushers come down now. They'll light the candles on the end, and if you'll just turn and light the candle on the person next to you as we sing Silent Night. Let's sing it together. Holy night shepherds.
Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us, has come. He's come to be with you. And I want you to remember this image of this light in your hand and the lights all around this auditorium this morning. Remember the image of Jesus as the light and the hope of the world. And though in just a second we'll blow these lights out, the light of God in you will never be extinguished. It will never end because he is here, because he loves you. God bless you guys. Let's pray for you. couple things I want to mention as we leave today. First, uh, we have as a walkout gift for you a jingle bell, and it has on it the slip that says hope is not found in what happens, but it's found in who you are with when it happens. And so please pick one of these up as you exit today, just to remind you of the hope. If you'll take your candles and return them to the ushers as well as you leave, they'll have baskets for them there. One last thing, if you begin your life today, if you prayed that prayer as you held that candle, there's a packet of information for new Christians. It's on the table at the hallway and out in the lobby. Pick one of these up. Tell someone about what God's done in your heart and take one of these with you today. Merry Christmas, everyone. God bless you guys. Have a great day.